Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. Welcome back to another episode of Audio Shelf. Today we're going to be doing another book review. Book review. It's Monday, which means it is book review day. Yes. So today we're going to be doing Grim Lovelies. Oh, okay. You you saw the length of the... Yep. I saw the okay. length and I said, nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this Grim Lovelies book is written by Megan Shepard. It was narrated by Gabrielle Baker. The buildup for that last name <laughs> was intense. <laughs> I was like, is it Gabriella? Gabrielle? The publisher is Tanter Audio. The audiobook release date is February 19th, 2019, which... which... <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good. What were we, we going to say? What were we going to say? The book came out on October 2nd, 2018. Yes, that was, that was my point. Okay. That was the point I was going to make. <laughs> we should have just kept talking and then we would have said the same thing and it would have been amazing. This book, this audiobook took way too long to come out. Which we will talk about. Yes, exactly. Oh, and so... Speaking of long things. <laughs> right. The duration of this book is 12 hours and 16 minutes. The genre is young adult, contemporary fantasy, and dark fantasy. Mm -hmm. I couldn't think of a joke one. <laughs> witchcraft. Witchcraft. I feel like we've done a lot of witchcraft lately. Yes, we love witches. Yes, we do. We really do. So, for the summary taken from Amazon, we have... 17-year-old Anouk envies the human world, where people known as the pretties lavish themselves in fast cars, high fashion, and have the freedom to fall in love. Okay. High fashion? <laughs> high fashion. Fashion is magic. But Anouk can never have those things, because she's not really human. Enchanted from animal to human girl, and forbidden to venture beyond her familiar Parisian prison, Anouk is a beastie. Destined for a life surrounded by dust bunnies and cinders serving Mada Vatora, <laughs> the evil witch who spelled her into existence. That is, until one day she finds her mistress murdered in a pool of blood, and Anouk is accused of the crime. Which Anouk isn't really accused. She's really not. <laughs> All right, okay, let's see. Okay, we're good through okay. this summer, this long summer. <laughs> Now the world she's always dreamed of is rife with danger. Pursued through Paris by the underground magical society known as the Hop, a nuke and her fellow beasties only have three days to find the real killer before the spell keeping them human fades away. If they fail, they will lose the only lives they've ever known. But if they succeed, they could be more powerful than anyone ever bargained for. And that's just a lot of praise for Megan, New York Times bestselling author. So let's talk about this book. Yes, let's. Because that's what we're here for. We have a lot of feelings. We have a lot of feelings. Let's talk about the performance first. Okay, first, I want to say that I believe that Brad is wrong. <laughs> Gabrielle Baker is amazing. I loved her voice. I can agree with what he's about to say. I have fortune telling. I am a witch. <laughs> I, You're a beastie. I'm a beastie. I... Actually, really liked her narration, and I didn't think of the things that Brad is about to say until after he said them. So there you go. So she's a good narrator. She's a good narrator. She's a great narrator. But the, the the book took place in Paris, midnight in Paris. The only, I mean, the entire time I was like, 
Oh, yeah. So she. this is a British voice. It must be Paris British or Paris Britain. And I'm like, per, that's not a real place. Britannian. Britannian. <laughs> and so I was like, that's not a real place. It's Paris France. And then yes, I was like, I'm glad that you know that Paris Britain isn't a real place. <laughs> and then I was, and I, was like, I was like, maybe it's Paris London. Nope, that's not a real place either. <laughs> isn't there a Paris Maryland? There is a Paris Maryland. Is it? Or no, uh, Paris no, Bur- Texas. There's Berlin. Yes, Paris Texas. Paris Texas. Yes, because that's where Charlene Harris has written yes. stuff, right? Yes. No, no, no. I don't know. Midnight in Texas. Nope, Midnight Texas. I don't know. We've had a couple margaritas. Yes, we've had a couple margaritas. So bear with us as we do this review. <laughs> but yes, Paris, Texas is definitely a real place. But this book was supposed to be in Paris. And <laughs> I was like, why is this Gabrielle Baker British? It was confusing to me. I didn't have those questions. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So we're are we in London or Paris? I don't know. I knew... That we were in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Paris. Yes, speak to Paris, I please. feel like she didn't, the author did not talk about anything about Paris except for pastries. No, she talked about the Eiffel Tower. She talked about the glittering skyline when Anouk went up on the roof at the very beginning to catch crows for dinner. I mean, <laughs> is that is that is that a signature to, to Paris? Crows for dinner? Yeah, I don't know. I've never been there. Jesus. <laughs> I just felt I was like, what is this? Where is Paris? I want to hear about Paris. I want to feel Paris. We I want to read. We went into Paris. But we went in there, but she didn't show me Paris. I mean, she shopped and the shopkeeper was Paris. Paris. Parisinian. Parisinian. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that was my thoughts about about Gabrielle Baker. I just thought that her narration did not mix well with the 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 setting and the location of the book okay well gabrielle if you happen to listen to this i liked you <laughs> i liked your voices for the characters especially especially the cricket Mm-mm. i liked her voice for cricket especially hunter black oh oh yes yes, yes. She, she was like oh my i'm a hunter black he's like we need to get to the eiffel tower i don't know yes i don't know we need to get to the eiffel tower quick so, don't quote me. <laughs> but Hunter Black was amazing as a voice. Cricket was also another amazing yes, one. Yes, I yes, I said no when you said it, but that's because it wasn't who I was thinking of. <laughs> Cricket was a beautiful character. I, Cricket was my favorite character. Yes, 100%. So much sass. So, so much, much just like... Pickpocketing. Pickpocketing. She, she, she's smart. Uh-huh. She was enjoyable. Yeah. She, she was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it has always been a goal of mine to steal things. We love to steal things. But we don't actually steal things. Yes. We just steal like silverware mm-hmm, from restaurants, from restaurants and glassware from restaurants, sometimes napkins from restaurants, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so watch out restaurants. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> Restaurant week. Here we come. <laughs> uh, so, OK, what else about the? Let's talk about the performance again. Yes. OK, so yes, her. We've already decided that her tone did we decide her, t- her tone was good? <laughs> I don't know what you decided. <laughs> I have decided that her tone and her voices and the emotion. Okay, this girl could put some emotion. Yes. Content said sniffle. She was sniffling. She was. <laughs> it said wailing. And even though she didn't wail, I have no doubt that that was probably cut from the final audio. Well. <laughs> <laughs> is that wailing? <laughs> that is the literal definition of wailing. W H A L I N G. 
That was my hashtag for my 30th birthday. Whale 30. Whale 30. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, goodness. But yeah, Gabrielle did amazing. I liked her. That's just my opinion. Yes, that's a, your opinion. You can have your opinion. I am Real Housewives of Orange <laughs> County right now. That is my opinion. <laughs> that was me slurping. Mm. <laughs> so we need, okay, we need, we need to talk about this. Um, the duration. <laughs> <laughs> 12 hours. 12, no, not just 12 hours. 12 hours and 16 minutes. That was eight hours too long. That really was. Okay, so. Our thing with the duration is that it was too long. (laughs) (laughs) It was way too long. Yes. Okay. So we felt like there was a lot of points in the book that were um, like climaxes that could have had a point where it resolved and then it could have uh, de-escalated, could have wrapped the book up, and then we could have continued in the follow-up novel yes which we do have the second book of the grim lovely series yes the publisher actually sent us a copy of the arc to review on our booktube yes so we're really excited to read that one and review it but our thing with this one is that we don't know what could happen like i mean okay so at the end we do know what could happen but like we don't know how many different plots are going to be in the second book mm-hmm. that get resolved and then aren't resolved and then are resolved and then something happens again. I mean, it's it's a lot like a TV show anthology series, mm-hmm. but not in the way in the in the way that a whole season is an anthology. Yes. yes. And then the next one picks up with totally different characters, totally different everything. We just don't know where it's gonna go. And that was my that was my major problem with the book, is that it kept going. and i feel like the author kept using these plot devices that she would throw in there to create a different extension of the story yeah and i'm like that doesn't make sense that goes beyond what you originally said yeah so for instance can we give spoilers um okay so i'm gonna mark it here and then if you don't want spoilers skip ahead to time 14 for no spoilers (laughs) <laughs> so basically at the end of the book they create they find this i guess a, an antidote that makes them extend their lives for one more day yes and so in order to do that to do that they have to die with the help of goblins with the help of goblins and it stops the, their heart mm-hmm. right yeah and so the theory behind that is that if your heart stops you it expand it extends your life it's basically timeless yes but what the author covered in the beginning of the book was that once her the witch, Madame or Ma, Madame Vittora, once mm-hmm. she died, the characters had three days. Yes. Right? Yeah. How does their heart stopping affect Madame, Madame Vittora's three day death, like like limitation? So I think that that whole thing was it was supposed to make them virtually timeless so like time would stop mm-hmm. so just like how time was different when they went into the um obelisk the obelisk i can't remember what it's called either um right when they came out of the purse yes when they went into this like basically a bag of holding thing mm-hmm. it would pause them and then when they would come out it would be slowed down time so time wouldn't affect them in the same way correct which makes sense 
which makes sense. So but, I think the stopping of the heart was the same thing because yeah. after that they would say that it was seven hours of new enchantment left. Yes. But then like if their heart was stopped, why would it ever? Why would it affect Mata Vitora's curse? Like because it, right. it, it depended on Mata Vitora's three days after death. Yes. So that's what I was like. Yeah, wait. so it doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. I was like, wait, this doesn't make sense. You're right. And I was like, why are you continuing the story when this doesn't doesn't make sense sense to the original curse? Yeah. Okay, now I see what you're saying. I was like, and yeah. What? 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 Yeah. That what that doesn't that No, that doesn't make any sense as to it doesn't it, yeah, like, it just doesn't make sense. Whole. Yeah. And y'all, this is coming from me. Yeah. <laughs> That I I don't see plot holes often, but no. when it does, and when it comes up, I'm like it smacks me right in my face. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. That's not something that I thought of. Yeah, because I was just thinking that oh, their heart stops, so it would mean that like time slowed down, but time would slow down for them. But, but it has not, nothing to not, do with anybody. Like yes, it does. It has nothing to do with Mata Vitora's like death post deceased she was still like it's like they should have thrown her in a freezer yes they should have thrown her in the freezer would that slow down the time maybe not maybe, i feel like they should have injected her with that that poison thing yeah wait, no wait she's already been to her, her heart when it's be working right see i don't even know how you I would get out of that i don't get it i don't understand so that was that's a plot hole or even like pumping like make doing some surgery to pump her heart or something like give something yeah. some life back into her heart yeah, something. Like but keeping no. her heart or something. Yeah. So them slowing down doesn't affect the days after her death. Right. Because it's effect- it's her. Yeah. Oh, I was like, what? That That's a good point. I did not even think of that. Seriously. So, But that's what I'm saying is like she kept, and I guess, unspoiler. Is this not, are we done spoilers? Yes. So, but that's what I'm saying is that this book extended or the author kept extending things to create a bigger plot when in reality it didn't need to be extended. Yeah. She was just, it was continuity issues. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I didn't even realize that. I was so angry. I was oh like, what? my gosh. What? Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense. Okay. So anyway, mm. we're no longer in spoiler land. Yes. For now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so an important question is though, even though we had some like continuity issues, did you get a clear picture of everything? I got a clear picture. And I think what I was saying about like the Paris thing was I feel like I could have pictured this in New York City. Yeah. And so it was or hard for England? me or England or London. Yeah. <laughs> and so like it was hard for me to picture Paris, which I was really excited for. Uh-huh. I just I, I just saw Paris or the Eiffel Tower on the cover of the book. Uh-huh. And then I heard them talking about it in the book and I was just like, oh, OK, so that mean that makes us for sure in in Paris. Yeah, there was a lot of settings that weren't Paris at all. Like there exactly. was just a lot of like being in witches homes, being in castles or not castles, but like an elaborate hotel thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that was. My my thing was that I, I couldn't really get a good picture of the various places that we went to um, because there was so much happening Mm -hmm. and then when it was over we left that place yeah and it was just not i don't know i felt like the world wasn't built for me Mm -hmm. in a way that i usually can picture things being built yeah so it was it was definitely difficult Mm -hmm. now the magic system though 
Yeah. I thought that was pretty well thought out. That was really cool. The whole, you know, drinking blood and then people turn into statues and things like like that. Parts of them, like depending on the strength of the magic, would turn into stone. Yes. And so that was really, really freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. Like I loved that because usually you don't really, you don't hear too much about like consequences for magic. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 It reminded me of our Salem time. Yes. Yeah. And so it was highly interesting, and I kind of wish that, like, Megan focused on that a little bit more, mm-hmm. because that that piece of it was really intriguing. Just mm-hmm. the, the idea that of what she came out for, for magic, that was amazing. Yeah. And I love that, and I wanted to hear more about it. I agree. I agree. Ugh, I'm glad you picked up on that. Mm-hmm. Because I thought that was going to be something I forgot about. But Mm -mm. the consequences of magic, I think you don't hear that a lot. No. You just see these villains who are able to cast and cast and cast and nothing happens to them. And Mm -hmm. they're just like these all-powerful beings. But in this book, the way Megan handles these like villain characters is very much like they still have all the same consequences that everybody else would Mm -hmm. if they cast a certain amount of magic. It doesn't matter if you're royal. It doesn't matter if you're a pretty. Like, pretties can't cast magic, but, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You still have these consequences. You are not above the consequences, Mm -hmm. which I really, really enjoyed because it gave the villains a weakness. Yes. That could be utilized Mm -hmm. and was easily seen. Yeah. What is... There's another thing. Oh, are we still on the content? Are we talking about Little Miss Baker? content but we can go back if you okay. want to talk about gabrielle so i do want to i want to talk about let's just finish up gabrielle okay <laughs> that sounds heinous <laughs> so do you feel like she had an interest in the story a hundred percent yeah the girl was crying i know in the story i do agree with that okay i do I'm, i didn't know what you were going to say <laughs> but if it was anything except she mm-hmm. had an interest in the story i was gonna be mad but i wonder what she thought about the length i wonder I wonder if like a, a small part of her is the reason why it was 12 hours. Maybe. Because we have seen that where, where narrate they, sl- yeah, they kind of slow in post-processing. They kind of slow narrators down and they yeah, um, I did have to sp- a little longer. I had to speed this up. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. like 1.5. Yes, 100%. But Minus also, 1.5 as well. But the, re- the, the time in the book, the last five chapters were seven hours. There were like seven hours left until the new curse or what is it called um the new enchantment enchantment and i was like okay then it was like chapter 27 seven hours and 13 minutes left and i was like wait 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 <laughs> i was like we still in the seventh yeah, hour <laughs> yeah the the chapter is just like i was like come on i feel like for a, a novel that's supposed to take place within like a three-day limit it was way too it long. was way it felt like an entire entire Six months yes. of these characters, not three days, which, yeah, the characters acknowledge and they recognize like, oh, just two days ago, I was a girl cleaning a house and now I'm doing such and such. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, yeah, throwing in that acknowledgement doesn't make the book feel like it was any more to the point. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I think that's what the, the book was missing is that it it had a lot of points that it wanted to get to, but it was just like. It was like an FBI missing child wall. Like yeah. it was just strings everywhere. Yes. <laughs> with no real like, with no real resolution. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. because this is going to be a series. Hopefully it's just a duology. I don't know. I think it might be a trilogy. I feel like that's we're still in trilogy world. Yes, we where, are. Where there's a lot of trilogies. That's true. Mm. So going back to the content, though. Yeah. Let's talk about the tropes. Let's talk about the tropes. Okay, tropes. Yep. So number one, Insta love. Insta. How is this character falling in love so quickly? All of a sudden they realize they love each other? When death is on the line? Oh, I love you. No, I love you more. I just don't like. Okay, so at the beginning, she was like, he's my brother. I love him like a brother. Like he's great. Like we're 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 pals, we're partners, mm-hmm. like in that way. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, I see him differently. <laughs> I see him differently. And it's exactly. like it's been a day. It's been a day, girl. And also, I thought he was bad the yes. entire time. Yeah, especially when we found out he knew stuff that yes. he should have been telling people. That he was withholding. Like, <sighs> I am sorry. He was not a good love interest for our main character. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't like him whatsoever. No. It was just not cute. He was creepy. He was creepy. And I remember yeah. when you, I remember when you first started the book, you were like, this guy is... Yeah. The killer. Like oh. he's the one he's a bad guy. Oh, I a hundred percent was just like, yep, he did it. I also don't understand how this is going to be another spoiler part. If you don't want spoilers, skip ahead <laughs> to where we say end spoilers. Skip ahead to twenty three fifty six. I also don't understand how Luke was trapped in that obelisk thing. Obelisk? Obelisk <laughs> prior for a week. Prior to when she died, but he somehow still murdered her. He still ma- he still murdered Mata well, Vitora. Well, he murdered her, and then and be- then went into the purse for a week. Well, because but, the, he was already missing. Because the other queen or the other um, witch, because I was I was questioning this too, and I had to go back. So the other witch, he went to the other witch and was like, "Listen, I just did this thing. Can you help me?" And she was like, "Oh yeah, sure." And she w- and ended up betraying him. And was like, I'm going to tell everyone you did this. And then he, so, but instead, like, she put him in this purse thing. And I was like, Mata why? Vitora put him in the put him in the purse. No, I thought the other witch did. I <laughs> thought it was in Mata Vitora's obelisk thing because they had her purse. Who? Uh, the group did. The group had her thing and they were like, oh, we don't know how to unlock it. Because we don't know the Vitura, phrase. Because, okay, so because Luke found out about what she was going to do to the, all the beasties. Yes, but then he also killed her. Correct, but how did but he get how in that did purse? he get in the purse? Purse <laughs> first. Purse first. Walk in the room first. Purse first. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my God. Did I miss something? I. That's what I'm sitting here trying to figure out if See, I miss something. Plot holes. But it might not be a plot hole. We might have just missed something. We might have. Because there was a lot going on and it was sometimes difficult to follow. I remember the story and he was like, and then I went to her because she was going to help me. And then she put me in this purse. So Madame Zola put put him in a purse. Madame Zola. That's her name. I think think she put him in that purse. But it was Madame Vitora's purse. Correct. How'd he get into her purse? Where are the purse? <laughs> <laughs> Where are the purses? Uh, I don't know. I don't, know. Unders- I don't, I don't know. understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Man, uh, this is this book. I I'm just I feel like I'm missing something. Like I feel like there's a fragment that 
I miss. End spoiler. Again, more tropes happened. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about the burying the gaze trope? Burying the gaze? Have you, you've heard of this. <gasps> no, I haven't. So burying the gaze means an author or TV show, like a writer, creates a gay character, you know, and puts in all the stereotypes about this gay character and then all of a sudden kills them. To, to kind of build emotion for the reader. And so it's in the book world. I know it's exactly what you're talking bearing about. Bearing the gaze. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I wasn't read about this. Huh? Wasn't a fan. Wasn't a fan. Mm-mm. So I, I read about this and I was like, oh, wow. Like, I'm not looking forward to this character. And when the character was revealed, I was like, oh, wow. They are really doing this. Like, poor gay character falling in love with a straight character. The straight character is never going to love him back. And he has to learn to accept it. Yeah. And then the straight person is the one telling him, like, you have to accept this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, now that's kind of shady. That is. Because we're 2018, 2019. Like, why are we still doing this? Yeah. So then I was like, okay, so I'm looking for the death of this character. However, in the end, one of the characters is like, well, we don't know if they're dead or not. So I'm hoping to God that she brings him back in the in the sequel. But then what's going to happen? Like, yeah, what is going to happen? Will he find another love to to have? Or is he going to be forever in love with this straight male mm-hmm. who will not love him back. Exactly. So what is Megan Shepard going to do with this character? Right. I'm curious about that as well because it it didn't it didn't come as a shock. It made me think about the pelts a little bit yes. more about mm-hmm. like okay, what animal is this guy? Yes. Like what is he to where he has like this loyalty and mm-hmm. everything like that? And then it was revealed that he loves him like kind of out of nowhere. Out like of it was nowhere. just I mean, it it was just random. It was random. And I was like, what, what are you trying to use this? Yeah, exactly. And so it felt very much like a, a a filler. It felt like the publishers were like, you have to have a gay character. Yeah. And same thing with the person of, the person of color. Cricket. There was, was Cricket African-American? Yes. Um, she she talked about how her, um, how beautiful like her brown skin was and stuff oh, like that. Oh, see, I did not get that. I thought the person of character was a black couple at the end where she literally says, there was a black couple walking by me. <laughs> and I was like, that's not enough. <laughs> and then the whole trans character, the trans character was in there for five pages. Which one was the trans character? I don't even know her name. Oh. I think, I think it was a male. It was, I think it was a male to female. And I did not even know her name because it happened so quickly in the beginning of the book. Yeah. She like, they, they went to Madame Zola's house and she was like, oh, hi, I'm someone that identifies as this. And they're like, okay, cool. Petra? I don't know if it was it Petra. I don't know. It may have been Petra, but. I feel like they they were like, oh, at first they were like, oh, witches usually only take on sons. So the fact that this one took on a daughter. I think it was Petra. Oh. I think it was Petra. But you never, like, I thought that the trans character was done and gone in the beginning of the book. Yeah. They never followed up with anything about her. They never explored anything about her life. That's. There was so much unexplored stuff and maybe that's the intention. Like maybe there's going to be novellas or something like that. But like we've had this problem before where if an author only works with the intention of novellas, then it the whole book is going to like kind of not be as great mm-hmm. because you have a lot of gaps in there yeah. where we just have questions and we're questioning everything of this book and we're not getting any answers mm-hmm. at any time soon. Yeah. 
I think you're right. I think you're right. But yeah, those, those are the tropes that I really had a problem with. Yeah. But I was really excited about this. I was so excited about this book. I've been waiting down to the day that it came out in audiobook. Yeah. I remember when it first came out, I said, Megan, I tweeted her. I was like, are we going to get the audiobook? And she said, I'll let you know when. And I was like, oh my God, I got a tweet from Megan Shepard. But on the other end, it took us a whole year to get the audiobook. Yeah. What is up with that? I don't know. I don't know. Why do why do books not say like publishers not say like we're gonna get this in audiobook? I don't know because it feels like that's what it is now. Yeah, for a lot of them, it's very rare for us to see the book come out without mm-hmm. an audiobook companion because of people that are blind or have difficulty reading in mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. It seems like something that would be just natural release at the same time. Yeah, instead of paying the, for those, let's get these books in the front aisle of the bookstore. Yeah. Which I just learned about. I just learned that authors like can buy like 5,000 copies of their books in order to get on the New York Times bestseller. Oh, my God. Like they actually do that. Like that's the publishers crazy. will buy. That's why the New York Times bestseller list is really not as I have, prestigious. I've heard this. Yeah. Did you tell me this? I don't know. Because an author, I'm not going to name names, but they told me this. Oh. she. I'm pretty sure that was because that's where I learned about the whole um, buying books to put them or buying a spot in a Barnes and Noble or, or, um, that's weird. Books a million. Yeah. Yeah. They buy a spot in the book store to be like, our book's going to go this way. That's so weird. Yeah. It's that's crazy. So crazy. That's like another level of marketing, which an author's already paying a publisher, a publicist, a, another thing that starts with a P. Yes. Like they're already paying all of these people. Mm-hmm. Peruvians. <laughs> and now they have to have pay for a, a spot. Yeah. They have to pay for a place. <laughs> pay for a place. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's mm. nuts. Not to mention the social media hassles that authors also have to go through. They have to be they have to get famous. Yes. And Constant you can all, it feels stories. like you can only do that with, with Instagram and social media and mm-hmm. just like Twittering and you know how you crazy. can do that with podcasters and booktubers that don't charge for reviews. Yes, that's very true. We don't. We just want arcs. And we give honest reviews as well. If you could not tell, like obviously, you know, we we got the Grim Lovelies. We do have the second book in the series. Mm-hmm. Midnight Beauties. Mm-hmm. So we do have that book that we plan on reading very, very soon uh, so that we can get ready for its August release. August. Um, we're hoping that that one has an audiobook companion like right from the start. So we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. Um. But we do plan on continuing, but we also do honest reviews. We do honest reviews, but we also support because here's the thing. And I think I wrote this in my Goodreads review. Yeah. Is that I can sit here and, and talk about, you know, some negative things I found about the book. Mm-hmm. However, I still enjoy the story. Yes. I still love the content. The mind of Megan Shepard was amazing to come yes. up with this, this stuff. Yeah. Like whoever thought that I cared so much about the animals that became humans. Right. It reminds me of Cinderella with little mice mm-hmm. and the pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. And so that was such a fantastic story. And it made us think. Yeah. If I didn't care about this book, like I've done a lot of books that I've, we've read. Yeah. I wouldn't have sat there and thought very thoroughly about the material in the review. Do we think... Because, okay, so on Amazon, when I was getting the genres, it said it said retellings mm. as one of the genres, but I didn't get a chance to like copy and paste it. So I was like, oh, retellings. I don't understand where that came into to play. But you just said Cinderella with them turning into humans. Mm. And this one's called Grim Lovelies, which Cinderella is a grim fairy tale. 
That's true. And then Midnight Beauties, Cinderella turned back into a maid at midnight. And Sleeping Beauty. And Beauties. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely, I think there's an inspiration. There's 100% like a, a, a fantasy, like fairy tale kind of feel to them. But I'm just wondering how deeply rooted it goes is with, that? with yeah. like Cinderella. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's interesting. Because we definitely love our retellings. And like you were saying, mm-hmm. we love the the story that came out of this. But there was just still a lot of questions. Like, I want all of the answers to these things because it'll make my love for the book intensify. We really like this book a lot. And yeah. we do plan on continuing it. It's just that some of the things we found, which maybe somebody else won't find. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll love uh, one of the things that they hear and that will be enough for them to like fill in the gap of something that is maybe missing mm-hmm. in the future of the story. Yeah. Or maybe that plot device doesn't exist for somebody mm-hmm. else. It It's really up to the reader's individual needs. Yeah. And if you want a book that's con- like there's complicated factors in this book. However, it was very easy to yes. read and it's, it was enjoyable if you really didn't think hard about it. Yes. And it was a great story if you were just like, oh, that's cute. Oh, I'm, I'm excited for them to become humans or or mm-hmm. stay animals or or no stay humans whatever we're confused <laughs> we're confused we've been but, drinking we've been drinking watermelon starboard <laughs> but no uh, so, but it was a it was a fun read yes and we have to say that Megan Shepherd is really uh pretty interactive on social media as yes, well yes so we have interacted with her uh a couple times and so it's been really great to chat with her a little bit more. And mm-hmm. hopefully in the future, we can maybe get a little bit more insight through her other novels mm-hmm. um, and just a better understanding of how she creates. Yeah, definitely. And if you would like to stay up to date with us and chat with us and understand how we create, which today it was margaritas. You can follow us on Twitter at AudioshelfMe, like us on Facebook at AudioShelf, follow us on Instagram at AudioShelf underscore podcast, and subscribe to us on our booktube where we release new episodes every Wednesday. That one is you just search AudioShelf in the search bar, and we should come first up now instead of shelves. Yes. One word. AudioShelf. One, one word. word. Yes. One word. AudioShelf. And if you would like two free books, please go to our website at audioshelf.me and click on the Audible affiliate link right on the bottom and download a 30-day free trial. You get two free books. Two free books. You can't beat it. And if you also would like to help our show grow, uh, see us change things up, do new things, join the discussion with us, you can join our Patreon at Audioshelf Patreon. And just sign up to donate a dollar. Or if you don't want to sign up to support us monetarily, just having you as listeners is payment enough. Yes. And retweet us once in a while. Social media is key. We have about 751 organic followers on Twitter. And we want to see that family grow. Mm-hmm. Until next time. Bye. Bye. This has been Audio Shelf where we release new podcast episodes every Monday and Thursday and YouTube reviews every Wednesday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. Parisian Prison.
Parisian. Parisian. That's how I thought. I was like, what is that word? Parisian. 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 Because they're in oh, Paris. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Pursued through Paris by the underground magical society. <laughs> Sorry, I had a hiccup.